Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a special edition of Too Much Information with Sean Arnold. This is Sean Arnold. I do not have a guest, uh, and this is going to be a short one, but the school that I went to, Mercer University, which is, I'm sure everyone that knows me knows about me and Mercer and my love of the university, uh, is having an inaugural initiative today. It's called Orange and Black Give Back. And it's basically a call for uh, Mercer alumni, friends, parents, uh, faculty and staff, former staff, people that just, you know, friends of the university um, for a day of giving. Um, clearly, everybody knows that universities rely on that as a as a way to keep everything going. Um, and it's broken down by schools and the athletic programs and all that sort of stuff. But it just got me thinking, you know, I, I do things quite a bit. Um, for the university whenever I can. I mean, I, I try to support the university a number of ways. And, I, you know, the funny part is, is I think that most people associate me with the university uh, so much so that it's a joke um, from time to time or, you know, people will rib me about, you know, I'm always posting about Mercer this or Mercer that or I always going to Mercer this or Mercer that or, you know, whatever. It's a, it's a huge part of my identity. Uh I'm proud that it's a huge part of my identity, Uh, and I I just wanted to talk about a couple of the reasons why that's the case. I mean, this is maybe a chance to get to know me a little better and understand why it is what it is. Um, First and foremost, I think that most people have a, you know, have a a, a particularly high affinity for the place they went to school, and it didn't have to be college. I mean, there are pe- people who are like that about their high school. They're about that about, you know, whatever. Um, because it's such an important formative part of your life. I mean, co- the college experience is, you know, it, it's it's almost like our bridge into uh, adulthood. You know, and, and I know not everybody has an opportunity to go to college, but I think if you do go, it's kind of a soft landing, right? You leave home and you know, most people are in a situation where their parents are still helping them and, you know, but you're, you're living on your own. You, you know, you um, are responsible for getting yourself, you know, to and from, and, you know, your professors don't care if you, you know, I mean, they care, but, you know, no one's going to wake you up in the morning and, you know, tell you to turn up at class. So it's really that first sort of opportunity to function like adults do, where you have responsibility and it's on you, you know, you can elect to not do all those things. And, They'll eventually ask you to leave the school, but um, it, it, it's on you to do that. It's a bit of a, a soft landing, as I said, uh, into being a, a functional sort of self-sufficient uh, adult. Um, but because of that, and because you're with a bunch of other people that I think are thrown into the same situation, there's certainly bonds that are developed. I mean, I, my friends from college are great friends and, and you know people that I will be friends with for my entire life. Um. Uh, I think everyone's college experience, while that said, can be different. I mean, I think when you have a school like a Mercer um, or a residential college, you know, where you live there, you're not living at home, you're away from home. Um, that's different. I mean, again, because you don't have that sort of, I think you, you're forced to be more engaged in the larger community um, because that's your that's your universe, right? If you're not engaged in the larger community, you're just sitting around in your dorm or your apartment. It's not like going home and you're still around your friends from before and your parents and all that sort of stuff. So I think that leaves an indelible mark on most people. Uh, For me, um, it probably was more so because I'm a first-generation college graduate. Uh, You know, I didn't have family members that graduated from college. Um, Fortunately, my parents 
God bless them. Uh, it was never really an option that I wasn't going to go to college. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, it was just, I, I actually t- tell people all the time that I, I believe that that's just what everyone did because there was, it was just never a question. Well, when you graduate from high school, you're going to college. And going through the process and looking at schools and all that sort of stuff, I just thought was the normal thing that everyone does. I certainly understand now that not everyone does that, but, but you know, that's a, it's a big decision. It's probably the first major decision that you make as a person. If you do elect to go to college as to, to where, where you go. And because, you know, really that level of education had been achieved by people in my family, I, I felt a lot of uh, pride. I wouldn't say pressure um, because I enjoyed it, but, I, but you know, I, I felt like it was a goal that I needed to accomplish, um, not only for myself, but for my mom and dad and, you know, for those sorts of people, a certain amount of um, family pride and, you know, those sorts of things. So for me, just being at a place immediately created a lot of ownership and because of the, the circumstance that I came from and the sacrifices my parents made to get me to college and, you know, all that. So that was number one. The second bit was I played a sport at Mercer. I played baseball. And, you know, I think that any time I've said this before, that you wear a uniform or you wear the name of a university on your chest, and it doesn't have to be a uniform. You know, you could represent the school in student government or, you know, put on plays or play in a band or do whatever. But I think I think once you attach yourself in some way as a representative of the university, um, those hooks get in a little bit deeper. Just because, you know, again, you're part of a team, you're part of a a family, a community. It really matters. And and I was a bit of a doer. I mean, so I, I like to do things. I mean, I gave campus tours. I was an orientation assistant. Um, I was in a fraternity. You know, I, I just like being involved and like being around people. So, again, more hooks, more hooks, right? You're in more organizations that are affiliated with the university. And I think that that really matters. You know, then after I left the university... Um, I ended up coming back to work at the university later in the admissions office. Um, I worked there for almost four years. Um, my good friend, Alan London, who was one of my recruiters when I came to Mercer, hired me back. And I actually got to work with kids that were looking to come to college, which was amazingly fulfilling. Uh, just because I remember what it was like for me going through the process. I know it's a stressful time for parents. It's a big decision for students. Um, and I still, to this day, people that know that I did that, um, now that I'm of the age where I have lots of friends that have teenagers, you know, they'll ask me questions about this or about that. And I I do my best to answer them because I know it's a stressful time for them, but it's also really fun and exciting. And getting to see your, your kid go off and start to make their way in the world is, I mean, I don't have children, but I'm sure that's a very prideful, prideful moment. So again, another hook, I mean, just more and more, you know, attachment to the, to the university. And the fact that I still know a lot of people that work there, I have friends that are there. I mean, you, I clearly want them to do well. And so, you know, by design, that means I want the university to do well uh, and continue to exceed or, or excel rather. So those are all, I think, things that a lot of people experience that are sort of not super anecdotal and outside of the norm. Um, and you know, because you have that and, and if you choose to stay engaged over time, I mean, we go back for games, we have season tickets for football. Um, I still talk to the people that, you know, work there that I know. I mean, I, even my father's memorial service after he died, I had at Mercer in Newton Chapel, which is a great thing that they let you do, you know, if you're an alum and you need to use it for something. And I know my dad would have been proud. He took as much ownership in Mercer as I did because he was so happy and proud that I, you know, had gone there. So 
you know, that was really special. And a lot of people helped me making that happen. I mean, you know, again, Alan London came and sang for it and, you know, helped me get it all, you know, structured. The people in the alumni services office, um, office helped me. It was, you know, it was very helpful. Um, and obviously a, a very hard time. But there's one particular story that happened to me that I think it, I tell people a lot. And and while I think I would have a, you know, I would still be very involved and love Mercer and those sorts of things. Without this thing happening, this certainly solidified a big part of why I feel the way I feel about the university. So it was Halloween. I think it was in 1995. I'm so bad with dates. But we had been downtown at uh, Elizabeth Reed's Music Hall, for those of you that remember that, and we had gone down to see Driving and Crying play a show down there. So, you know, fairly typical Mercer kind of weekend experience, I guess. You know, you down downtown seeing a show at Liz Reed's. Um, you know, we get back to the apartment. It's it's um, It has to be one in the morning. I mean, it's late. Um, and I get a phone call, and it's my aunt telling me that my father had had a heart attack and that it didn't look great, and I probably need to get home. So I'm from Cartersville, Georgia, which, for those of you who don't know, is you know probably, what, 40 miles, 45 miles north of Atlanta. I mean, just north of Marietta, Kennesaw, Cobb County area. So a good, uh, I don't know, probably 130, 130, 140 miles, I guess, from Macon. Of course, at this point, I'm a basket case, so my roommates, bless their hearts, um, David Abney and uh, Mike Adams, uh, police me up, throw me in the car, and uh, we take off up uh, up the road with them trying to get me home in the middle of the night. Uh, we, I don't remember a whole lot of it. I just know that we must have been driving a 1,000 miles an hour um, because we got home and I think a little, or back to Cartersville, rather, in a little over an hour. I mean, it was... It was really fast, probably unsafely fast, but, you know, I'm staring at the proposition of maybe not ever getting to see my dad again, which is a hard thing to have to, to sort of internalize and deal with. Um, so, and I'm obviously forever grateful for those guys for doing that for me again, you know, lifelong friends. Uh, so we get there and dad, you know, has, you know, he's not in great shape, but he's alive. Um, and I get to spend time with my family. So we were on the quarter system back then. So. Uh, you know, we went for 10 weeks in the fall, 10 weeks in the winter, and then 10 weeks in the spring. There were breaks, I think, broken up, you know, or breaks in between. So October at that point. So we're almost done with winter. I think back then, you know, the winter 10 finished, you know, a couple of weeks into December or, you know, a week into December or something like that. And then you had two or three weeks off until you had to be back, you know, early January to finish out the, finish out the, uh, the year. Um, so I'm an only child. Um, so at this point, you know, my aunt's there with my mom, but it's basically just me and my mom, my dad, my aunt, um, small family. And I am, of course, just focused, hyper-focused on my dad. Um, we're in the middle of a quarter. Um, there's a lot going on, but, you know, family comes first. You know, Michael and David, uh, I think, drove back. Um, obviously I just said I was going to stay and then, you know, I could get, you know, I'd get somebody to bring me back when it was time for me to, you know, whenever was a point where I could get back to school. So I go about the business of being with my dad and helping my mom and, you know, just trying to, trying to stay, 
again, focused on him and what was happening. And I didn't even think to talk to anyone, you know, at the university, really. Um, I, I don't even know how they found out. I'm pretty sure it's 95% likely that Michael and David told people what was going on. Um, so, you know, your friends check in and that sort of stuff, and it's great. But um, a couple of days after it happened, I actually got a call from my advisor at the time, which was Dr. Walt Austin, who is still teaching there, I think, accounting professor. Um, check, just to check in, you know, and see how I was doing. And there were some other university personnel, you know, not just friends or students that called to check on me. And, you know, he, again, I didn't bring this up, but he just mentioned, listen, you know, don't worry about school. Just focus on your family. We'll take care of all that. It's no big deal. And I wasn't thinking about it at the time. But a couple of days later, it might have been three or four days later, I got a FedEx package from the school, from Dr. Austin. And he had basically gone around to all my professors, let them know what was happening had requested sort of my assignments, right, and things that I needed to work on or do, and sent me a big old package outlining those things. Now the time that I've had to sort of get it, so wait, well, that's amazing, right, first of all. Like, just that's a that's a pretty high level of concern from people that, you know, he's dealing with hundreds of, of students and all this stuff, and, you know, I'm just one of them. But... It, the other thing is I start to realize, and this is what's sort of interesting about NCAA athletics, is that you have to have sort of mandatory progress, right? So if you're going to be eligible to play sports, you have to complete a certain number of hours every quarter, now semester. Um, you have to stay on track. You have to do all those sorts of things. So imagine if, if I was not able to finish that quarter of school, the winter quarter. Baseball is obviously played in the spring. Uh it, the my eligibility was in jeopardy because if you don't finish everything you you would not be eligible for that last semester so so i now the stress level for that starts to go up because it's like well i need to go back in school and finish and i don't but if i do i can't be here with dad and what if something happens and there's just all these amazing you know problems that, that could just with that i mean outside of just the stress of the event that was going on so of course i called back and you know wanted to talk to Dr. Austin about what I could do. And, you know, he had checked with everyone. And basically what they told me was, listen, your family is what's important. We sent you your assignments. Just make sure you're getting all your work done. Try to bring all that stuff in. We will give you incompletes for your classes. You can come back to school after break. So this gets me through basically November right into December. And, you know, plan on coming back to school a few days early in January We'll let you take your finals then, and then we'll get your grades reported, you know, get those incompletes taken off um, with whatever your actual grades are, and then there shouldn't be any problem with your progress um, when it came to sports. So I have to believe that there aren't a ton of pla – I'm sure there are other places, but I have to believe there's not a ton of places where – People would just take that much, you know, ownership, compassion, sympathy, empathy. I mean, I don't know what the right word is, but to, to for all those people to go out of their way, and there had to be clearly tons of people involved to try to make sure that not only I was, you know, that I could focus on my, my family and the situation with my dad, but to make sure that, you know, I wasn't going to get screwed or screw myself in the process because of the, you know, inner workings of school and progress and scholarships and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, 
that'll make you love a place, right? I mean, I loved it already, um, but to have an experience like that where all of these people will rally to support you and and will will come together like that is it's pretty damn special. And, and it wasn't just me. I mean, I've seen that happen in so many other circumstances where the university just really takes a lot of ownership. It's a family. It's a community. Um, there's a hashtag that goes around that's, you know, I guess any kind of hashtag can be hokey, but it's community with a big capital MU in the middle. And I, and I really think that's such a great representation of, of that place. I mean, I, you know, I, clearly I can't compare it to other places. I mean, I've talked with people enough, you know, that went to mega schools or big state universities or whatever to understand just the logistics are difficult at those places because you're just talking about tens of thousands of people. But, you know, I'm in a circumstance where it's entirely possible that that, you know, all that stuff wouldn't have happened if I was somewhere else. And and there were ramifications galore, right, for that. Not, you know, just for me, for my progress, the sports, I mean, you name it. And everyone just, I mean, again, I felt like treated me like they would treat a family member and someone that they, they truly care about. And I will always be grateful to the university and for everyone that participated for doing that for me and for my family. So because of all those things, you know, that's, that's when you, you guys, I mean, I've even got a huge bear tattoo for God's sakes. Um, which, you know, again, I'm sure, you know, people make fun of me fun of for, which is fine. Cause it's not for them. It's for me, but that's why, I mean, when you see me at Mercer things, when you see me wearing orange everywhere, when you see me, um, posting about things, it's not just, it's not just a cursory sort of, oh, I went to school there, right? I'm invested in that place in lots of ways. And I felt like they invested in me. And I'm trying to do what I can to pay back the investment that they made in me. And whether that's through my dollars with giving or through my support of things or through participating in programs they asked me to or interviewing students or hosting you know, or being an alumni representative at a new student event or whatever they want me to do. I always do it if I can, because I, I feel pride. I feel love for the place. I feel indebted um, to all the people that helped me. Um, I'm where I am in my life right now because of Mercer and because of all the great things that it gave me. Now, again, granted, I worked and I did the things I needed to do, but um, but that place gave me a lot. And I feel a responsibility to give back. So, again, just a short one. I just thought that it, it, given that we're trying to do this this first year day of giving, we're trying to get, you know, as many donations as we can in 24 hours. I've put all the links up and stuff. And if you're a, and I was assuming probably most of the people that are listening to this all the way through are Mercer people because maybe it reminds you of some things when you were at Mercer. Um, participate today. It goes through noon tomorrow. Um you can find it on Facebook all over the place, but you know, go to the website. It's orange and black give back. Even if you already give your gift every year, give something small just to participate. Ten bucks, fifty bucks, hundred bucks, I mean, whatever you can do. Um, and and just to support the university. I mean, these dollars all go to great things. They go to help students that are in the situation now that we were in however many years ago when we were there. And it's important that the university succeeds. It really is. Um, it does a great thing for the local community, the expanded community. I think Mercer continues to turn out great, productive graduates, um, great people, um, and I'm grateful to them for not only what they did for me, but what they continue to do for for everyone. So um, check out Orange and Black Give Back. 
please go and and give something if you can. Uh, I know they will all appreciate it. And normally I sign these things off with until next time, press on, but I'm going to change it up a little bit this time. So thanks for listening. Uh, Check out some other episodes of the podcast if you like. And until next time, bear down.